Hey, girls and gays. Hello, hello. Welcome back to I Said What I Said, where we close the gap between who we are and who we want to be and where we are and where we want to be. Bobo is joining us today and probably for the next few episodes because Nyak has a throat infection. Your favorite African auntie. I'm taking over the show, bitch. I flew all the way. <laughs> to take Nyak's place. Nyak has finally been fired. Yes, we fired her. Kicked her out. <laughs> And today we have an awesome and really timely topic. We're discussing surviving Christmas. How do we survive problematic family, mm. issues around money, um, mm. discussions around career, eating, eating disorders, family who triggers you? Mm. How do we have fun? Or And when we have no family, like how do we have fun in the festive season because i think it's a really pressurizing oh it's this is the loneliest season of the year like really? this yeah for you too or or you no, think just generally i think generally i think for me it's the most like anxiety inducing season but it's not like lonely for mm. me how it's is it hectic. for you yeah i think i don't like pressure and mm. i think birthdays and holiday seasons like christmas um yes there's just a lot of pressure to enjoy myself and mm. I think family is always an interesting one because we don't choose our family and yeah. that can be it's hard to navigate it can be really yeah. tricky and I think respectability politics being black and then um you have domestic politics being a woman and mm. like, what you're expected to do like do you get to play cards or do you have to be helping peel in potatoes yes <laughs> yes so I think that should all be discussed uh, yeah. and you all sent in dilemmas so I think we should jump into that immediately. So the first one is, ooh. What is it? The first one is navigating a changing family structure. For example, when your dad decides to take a second wife and having to spend Christmas with a family that is partly your blood, partly by marriage. Ooh. That's interesting. That is an interesting one. What are your thoughts on that? I can see why it's tricky. I yeah. think the hard part with that is a whole bunch of stuff. I think it's, I can see why like there might be resentment sometimes when one of your parents gets a new partner, mm. um, either because they are an unsavory character or because that like there's a wound. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of times when parents break up, it's not consultative. It's not like the whole family unit got together and discussed yeah. it. It's not a yeah. community thing. It's a very individualistic and I think that can like be yeah it really can uncomfortable. Disrupt, yeah, the family structure. As yeah, a whole. I I I think so. But I also think on the other hand, and this is from somebody whose family unit is intact, um, so I don't have experience with this. But I am mm -hmm. curious about like if you're assuming it's your dad who has a new wife and you have now adopted a, a mother, quote unquote, yeah. and like siblings. I think our parents have a right to be happy. Too. Yes. And I was thinking about the ways in which us adult children um, see them only as our parents and mm. not as like humans in their own right. And how sometimes it might be about checking your ownership of them. You know, you might not like yeah. somebody's partner, but to some extent, Is maybe it it's business? not your business. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But that's also a hard pill to swallow. Oh, a very hard pill to swallow. And I think it's a very hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Especially, I also think, I mean, I've experienced this, but I was pretty young. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't as, also for me, I was part of the disruption. Like I was also the one who was like, I'm going with this parent and not this one. And that also caused a lot of drama. And so I think like, I don't know. I think you also sort of have to, I, what I learned from that experience was learning how to make peace with, like, what is now. Like, you actually mm. just, there's just, it's just, like, there's no use stressing about something that's out of your control. So you just have to make peace with what it is. And, like, there's a lot of having to learn to forgive, both forgive yourself, forgive your parents, forgive everyone involved yeah and, and forgive like, like our humanity yeah like we're, we're human mm. and sometimes we go for what's pleasurable over what's like just or for Ooh, what what do you mean by that so i was thinking like when uh so i'm i'm listening to esther perel and mm. this couple 
in a small town. Mm. They are both married and they decide to cheat on their partners with each other. Yeah. It disrupts the family unit of both. It mm. disrupts the entire town. And so they chose their love over a community because they knew this would happen. It's the dynamics of a small town. Yeah. They chose their affair over so many people. Um, but that's like the human condition. I don't think, yeah. I think, and that's what like smart cars struggle with when it's like, okay, you have to teach a smart car all these rules. Yeah. So if there's a dog and there's a human, you have to hit the dog if you can't avoid both. Yeah. But then what if they're, if it's two adults and one baby, how does it make that decision? A lot of humans Ooh, would save the baby. Yeah. Um, but the car would kill the baby because it's saving two for one. Yeah. So I think it oh, doesn't. Utilitarian, that utilitarian, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just think we don't. I just think that's not how we make decisions is, is let's look at the total fallout and the sum of all parts. It's really much more complicated. It is. And I think. And I just think we need to make space for that. It's hard to, but we have to make space for knowing that people don't pick what might've been right for the whole or for you, yeah. but what feels good and that that actually matters. Like it's yes, not. Yes, that's actually what, yeah, that's actually what I was going to say when I lost my train of thought is that like what I learned from that experience was actually it's okay to choose you over the collective. Like it's okay <laughs> to choose your peace of mind. I agree. Because oftentimes your peace of mind will eventually be the co- like the collective peace of mind. But what about like, people who say... Like not everyday utilitarianism. So then if we look... Because some people would have said, let's say in your family dynamic... Yeah. That your one of your parents should have stayed because of the, the children. Think of the children. Fuck that and shit. I hate that logic. Do you know? Yeah. But what do you think about that idea of considering... How is that flawed? In what ways are, is that flawed? Because this person who's asked this dilemma mm. might think in their head that they'd prefer their dad to not get another wife. He, that your da- my dad should have thought of me. Should have thought of how that would have affected me. Yeah. Well, I think... When, the reason I think fuck that shit is because if I'm in an unhappy marriage and now I have a child and I'm sticking it out for the child... I think the unhappiness of that marriage will affect your child. Like, I think it's also naive to think that that can exist in a bubble, that you can protect or perform for until that child goes off to college and is an adult or whatever the case is. Because I think the effects of your unhappiness are psychological. Like, they're going to affect Mm. your child. You're much better off being happy. Like, a mother's happiness is a lot more important than Mm -hmm. perceived security or perceived stability. So in that case, judging from what you said, I'd argue then, because there's Mm. so many people who would attribute their trauma to their parents staying together. And there's so many people who'd attribute their trauma to their parents separating. Yeah. So do you reckon then, should we, I wonder if it's about, we should stop trying to avoid trauma. Yeah. As much as, understand like how it not not benefits us but how it's like how it how it's a tool for our disposal yeah i think or it's even also, just a part of who we are i think it's about not making fear-based decisions of making decisions out of love so instead of making the decision off of how can i avoid trauma make the decision of how can i lean into love like what's the kind thing to do mm. for myself as opposed to like how can i run away from my fear you yeah. know what i mean because i think when you're making a decision from that space of fear, like it's only going to result in more fear and trouble. And also that's another thing, like our favorite philosopher, who is it Schopenhauer, <laughs> just some old white guy was like, listen, whatever you end up doing, you'll regret it. Get married, you'll regret it. Don't get married, you'll still regret it. So do what you gotta do I and expect, that. yeah, do what you gotta do and know that what's going to come is what's going to come. And as human beings, we're wired for constant dissatisfaction. Because even in your satisfaction, there's an inherent dissatisfaction. So whatever you choose, you're going to regret I it. I love that. So just do what you got to do and keep on pushing. I'm getting that entire 30 seconds put on my back as a No, tattoo. like, li- no, you literally it changed my life. Like, I love that. Yeah. So I think for the person who has the dad with the new wife, I would suggest trying not to take it personally. Like it's, yeah. it wasn't an attack on you. It wasn't a consideration of you in any way, yeah. good or bad. And Well, I think it was a consideration of you. 
in the sense that like yeah in a in a passive sense in the sense of like listen my unhappiness is just gonna affect my child so i'm better off getting a new girlfriend and you and she'll adjust like she'll adjust in time and i think like blended families are becoming more common they're very common yeah and i just think also that's just now that we're in the space where we're realizing romance wasn't designed for permanence yeah it's we just also just have like family structures are going to change like this is the new family in 2019 that's very true yeah there's no such thing as permanent romance like what do you mean So the next dilemma mm. is I need to pretend I'm a good Muslim when I'm a slut in real life. Mood. Literally all of us. Yeah, this is all of us. Wow. Queen. Okay, but actually let's discuss because is it realistic to expect that you can be yourself in all spaces? It's the question of like why must every space be a safe space for you? That's true. No, I think I mean, we need to I think it's okay to embrace mm, performance. Mm. Because I think that's I think it's twofold. I think it's yeah. in some cases it's a kind thing to do. If your grandmother would have a heart attack and die <laughs> so unhappy if she knew you were a whore. Yeah. Maybe it's a kind thing to do to just conceal that part of yourself. Yeah. And I wonder and that's why I think yeah the truth isn't always I don't think the truth always sets free. if you don't have the capacity to understand it or embrace it. Yeah. So I'm actually for safety I'm a big fan of um just not putting yourself in positions where you'll be so unhappy you'll, you'll there'll be so little re- return on investment. Yeah. If you come yeah. out to your family as a whore, what's the return on investment? Yeah. At best they'll accept it and be hugely unhappy. Yeah. So who wins? <laughs> so who Now they know and what did you get from that? But I guess the alternative is a constant suppressing. But suppressing where you're at home eating. Yeah, like all you do yeah. you're not having sex at home. So yeah. suppressing where? I think it's one thing where they come onto your Instagram and find your and you're posting your nudes on your Twitter and yeah. stuff because they came into your space, but actively, but when you're in there I wonder. Space. I think about it a lot. I mean, being yeah. queer myself and got I'm going to spend fa- um Christmas with my Ugandan family. Yeah. I do think of on one hand I find it really unfair that I can't say When I get married to a guy or a girl, I find that so unfair, but then I think what's the realistically what's the alternative? Yeah. Realistically, yeah. they aren't going to come around because It's, while I was in Dubai, I said I was gay and then you should you should believe in it yeah. and 45 years of teaching is going to be like reversed. Yeah. So what's the loving thing to do for myself and for them? Yeah, it's to just not even bother bringing it up. No, I agree with that entirely. I think the alternative for some people is to ostracize their family is to just if their family can't handle who they are um who all of them is yeah. they ostracize themselves or they divorce their families which is also I mean an option but um I do but I you. do tend to think that's like the last option like I don't think that should be the f- I think that's the final resort like after you've really exhausted or your options because I think there's a lot of conversation happening online about like if you don't fuck with your family just cut them off But it's actually not that easy and it's not that simple. And I also think like it's like sort of what I said before, it's not something that you're not going to regret or it's not something that's just as easy. It's not as easy as people make it out to be, you know? But what's the alternative? So so would you rather be with your family and feel suppressed and unhappy or have no family and feel lonely? I think you have to pick which yeah makes more sense to you. Basically, I mean I also think to what extent cuz when I think about myself I'm performing all the time or oh, in different spaces. Yeah, but I also think that's a function of being black. And I think I do think this question is somewhat that's racialized true. in that white people can't take constant performing as well as we can. Mind you this person I'll see what re- they're Muslim. Yeah. So I feel like they yeah, already yeah. understand. They've been to the rodeo about performing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm surprised. I'm I'm surprised that th- this is, this a, is a concern. Yeah, yeah. I just thought, oh, just keep it for like we just keep our heads down. Yeah, and It's I don't know if that's pe- a good thing or a bad thing. I just I was thinking about it. Like, why does the burden fall on us or on me as a Why why do my bigoted family members get to be themselves? Yes, but exactly. It's me to manage and temper my rabid white people behavior that I learned from the west. Like it's, why it is it for me? It goes back to what you were saying. It's because what will you gain from being your full self around them? 
Like, what? why even bother being your full self around someone that doesn't have the range to see you? Like, what's the point? But what do I, what do, I do? So when I'm with Christian family, I yeah. tailor my, I don't say the vibrations. Like, honestly, just put it in you your space. So I say God. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so I no tailor facts. myself all the time. Yeah. And it's like, can't you do that for me? And I might ask, actually. I might, I came. But the, the thing is that they can't. Like, it's a <laughs> that's cool the concept. Answer. <laughs> that's the, that's the, that, that's what it comes down to. I think people can only understand you at their level of consciousness. That's true. So if you are at a level 10 and your family's at a level four, you can go down to them, but they don't have the range to go up to you. So it's not fair and life mm. isn't fair, but it's just the dynamics of it all. Like, People who are lower than you can't go higher, but people who are higher can go lower. And that's just life dynamics in every single context. But don't you find it, I mean, wasn't it painful the first time you realized somebody you love deeply didn't have the range, so you could only ever engage them? But I also think like, that's one of the woes of being intelligent. Not to sound arrogant, but I mean, Mm. surely you and I are intelligent just by virtue of the fact that we think for ourselves. Yeah. And that's how I define intelligence is being able to think outside of societal structures. The vast majority of people don't have that range. And it's upsetting and frustrating and annoying Mm. having to navigate a world where people don't have the range to engage with you at your level of consciousness. So you're constantly having to be the one to stoop down to accommodate them. Not because it's the fair thing to do. But because there's no other alternative, because they literally don't have the range to be at your level. So the only way to connect with them is at their level. Yeah. And that's just like the unfairness, but also the downside of self-development and intelligence. And I think the pain, I was thinking about it as you're speaking, mm. part of the pain comes from expecting things would be any different, Yeah, that we would all agree and we would all accept each other. And that was yeah. Kool-Aid definitely sold by, if you went to like a predominantly white school, yeah. where that narrative is a bit more um, consistent and like, I find in white families, mm. um, but not the same in like immigrant families, brown, black and brown families, yeah. people from the global south. It's harder. It's just so much harder because... The, the 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 amount of jumps we've done generation to generation yeah. are humongous, um, just socially and like culturally. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, with white families, I just don't think. I think it's really different. What do you it struggle really with the most in my family? Way, yeah, when it comes to being yourself, like what part of yourself do you have to suppress the most? Honestly, just, just my queerness. Really? What about your politics? Not at all, because it's funny. I'll say, they'll say, not they, okay, I'll say, some of my family might say something like, literally one of them said the other day, if my wife, if I get a wife and she earns more than me, I'll divorce her because I need to be in control. I'm screaming. And so I was like, okay, well, that's certainly like, that's manipulative and that's, um, that's toxic and abusive. Yeah. Teehee. And he was like, LOL, probably. And it was like, (laughs) we laugh. Yeah. I'm able to observe... I try to observe people I don't agree with as like how I would a movie or a TV yeah, station yeah, unfolding. Yeah, because you can't take it personally. I can't take it personally because it hurts yeah. too much, and I can't mm-hmm. make ju- I can't make assumptions or decide because you would want to control your wife. It means you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. No, um, that's just, definitely trauma. Yeah, or that's definitely like upbringing. Yeah, and that doesn't mean you're bad. It's just you're. A, that's you're, where you're at. Yeah, and that's you're like where a, you're, at. you're the sum of your experiences. Yeah, and so. I think with my queerness, it is just, yeah, I just manage that because I can see it would confuse much more than it would help. Yeah. But I also figure your family, I feel like for the most part, most of them know about you, but don't, like they know your truths, but pretend they don't. So the Muslim, that's a hoe. I feel like your parents probably really know already, but they're hoping it's not true and just will never discuss it with you. Like, don't ask, don't tell. Interesting. I feel like we think older people are dumber than they are. Like, I think they actually be knowing. I, I don't know. Do you... I don't think they be knowing. Really? Because I think we, our worlds are just too far apart. I was asking you earlier on today, like, why does our generation all hate our families? <laughs> because in the US, okay, when I'm in New York and yeah, it's time so for Thanksgiving, when, whenever it's time for Thanksgiving, it's all of my friend circles is, oh, I have to go back to my family. Oh my God. 
all of my social media is oh my god guys let's prepare for yeah. the endurance you know what i mean so i definitely i don't know if it's an american thing or if it's just a a cultural thing i think it's just generational like a generational as well. i think the things just the way we behave the things we talk about yeah are so vastly different yeah like I can't imagine my family listening to my pod. The things I talk about on my podcast for me are extremely mild. Yeah. Because the things that I'm embarrassed about or uncomfortable about won't aren't on the podcast. Right. right. So if I'm to- I'm talking about my periods, I'm talking about sex, I'm talking about things I've done. If they heard that kind of stuff, they'd drop they down die, dead because that's literally. not. So the dissonance already in terms of what we even just discussed. Yeah. And how we do it. And how we perceive and navigate do you the know? world. Yeah. I mean, a woman can never talk about her orgasms or about her period. Literally. And now here we are. Yeah. So yeah, how absolutely. do you even begin? If you can't even, if you don't even engage on that level, yeah. it's just so, it's just totally over. I also think there's like a neurological perspective where our brains literally are wired differently because we, we grew up on the internet. When I look at, like, older people, it's not that they're dumb, but they literally just process things so much slower. Slow burn, hey? Yeah, the way they process the world is incredible. Like, I am amazed at how anyone over the age of 30 manages to function. Because I'm just like, you are so so slow. Yeah. So I think also, like, our, pro- our processing power is completely different and that affects everything. Like it just, it does. and it doesn't mean they're dumb. It just literally means our brains are wired just so, so differently. Different. Yeah. That there's just. Yeah. And so I think, room. I mean, I was thinking we're all in echo chambers. So older yeah. people hang out with older people. And so they all think at the same speeds and think the same things. Yeah. Exactly. And younger people do the same. Yeah. And like, I don't know whether I even believe in integration. I don't know if I believe that we should all try to get along as much as just stay in our bubbles. Because mm. to what ends? Yeah, I think I think we have to understand the limits of thinking. So it's like today we were having this conversation about black liberation yeah. and how that intersects with capitalism. And some of us were clearly on the same page about how like freedom and capitalism, they cannot coexist, yeah. especially for black people. And other people just literally cannot wrap their heads around that. But they're like, but if I just make money, how am I not free? Mm-hmm. Like, they literally cannot see how freedom and capitalism work together. Mm. But that's the limit of that person's thinking. Like, they cannot actually go any further. It's done for them. Like, this person is like 35. And that's your... Do you ever wonder where your limit is as well? I do. Well, I also think, um, I think growing up without a religion was really helpful for me in the sense that I was never told, like, you can't ask that until I went to an Anglican school. But by then I was like, 14. it was over. Yeah. <laughs> but by wild. then, like, <laughs> I was already wild. So I think my mind was allowed to run, to run wild, um, in ways that a lot of people's, a lot of people who who grew up very very religious weren't and i always i always clock it like i always yeah. clock where like people's thinking stops yeah but like I think when we i all ask, have our limits it's mad i mean with my family yeah not all of them but i'll sit with some and i'll be like with like my aunts and uncles and i'll say what religion's the right one christianity god's the only way everyone's an, everyone else yeah. is an idol yeah. understood you we are Ugandan, yes. Do you know that if we were born just a few <laughs> kilometers to the left, you would not be could be Muslim. They literally can't be, wrap no, their head around it, that. We just stop and start from the beginning again. And it's like, so if you see your family, if you can see where their cap is, and mind you, it's yeah. hard for us to see our own cap, right? Yeah, I, don't, I can't see mine. Yeah, I like, think I'm very smart because. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm dumb. Like, we all think we're but smart because we're dumb. But think this, yeah. Do you know what I mean? We all think we're smart because we are dumb and but you I can't see that, outside of your fishbowl. But I Full think stop. that we think we're smart because we know we don't know shit. Do you oh, know what I mean? Oh, there is a difference. So that's what I'm saying is the difference between <laughs> okay. you and I versus someone who It's knowing you know very little yeah, versus not thinking you know exactly. a lot. So I think my limit, part of really what defines my limit is knowing that I don't know anything. And the more I know, the less I actually know. Like the perimeters of my, like the further the perimeters of my knowledge go, also the smaller 
the area space. Like, oh, yeah, do you get what yeah, I mean? For sure. If that makes sense. It does. That makes sense visually, but I don't know if I put it into words right. But I don't think... I think one of the things that religion gives you is is the illusion that you are right. Like, that you be knowing. And you be knowing with certainty. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, that's Whereas I don't have that. Like... I question everything because I'm so aware of how dumb I am. See, I think like, intelligence. I'm so aware of how limited mm. I am by my senses. Yeah. And that, but I don't think people have that. And that's why, that that's what limits your thinking, is thinking that you know. You're, and you can't teach that. And you just, I well, mean, I think you can, but up oh, to a certain age. I don't know if you, I, I don't know, hey, Bobo. Really? I think once you're in, I think... For me, in my experience with my family, so our mm. barrier is, is quite simply religion. Because you you were raised in a very Christian framework, there there were limits to your... You weren't allowed to think past a certain point. Mm. Um, to be gay is wrong. Okay, but God created gays. So is then how could you how could your creator create something that's wrong if he made it himself? No, 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 no. Then it's go just, back. So yeah. it's like this. It, it's a loop of when it gets to the edge of the what's making sense, we yeah, stop. Yeah. This is not for everyone religious. It's not for everyone Christian. I'm saying this is the issue in my family where mm. we struggle to challenge our thinking. But for me, I think I consider I actually measure intelligence by like my stretch of empathy. So oh, I love that. Yeah, so like for me... Wait, that means like 99% of the world is a dumbass. I wonder. I think we can get... I wonder. I think for me, it's hard because I feel like I'm on the right side of the law, like everyone does. Yeah, yeah, Right? Yeah. Bigots do, I do, as yeah. someone who's not a bigot. Um, But my challenge is, how do I extend empathy to people I disagree with? People who don't agree with my existence. Yeah. People, because like... I don't well, know. Even for me, do you have to? I just think that's Christ consciousness, and I don't think everyone has to try reach that. I don't think it's like it's not mandatory. Mm. But for me, that's when I know I'll be free. If regardless of what's happening around me, yeah. I have total empathy for everyone because mm. as long as I radicalize myself, even for my own freedom, even radicalizing meaning being so strongly advocating for my own freedom that I understand it needs it 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 requires the the death yeah. or the um violence against the, the oppressive party yeah for me that's still i'm still in a hellscape that's still so hellish to me and that's like mm. that's not a very that's not practical at all there's nothing practical about um that level of empathy yeah i can understand that but i don't know that i'm trying to be that at all like interesting do you think you're trying to cultivate empathy or patience Oh, I see what you mean. Like, they'll get there eventually. Not even or... that, but, like, I think I don't struggle with empathizing for people as much as I struggle with being patient with them. Like, I get really frustrated with people who advocate or defend cruelty. I do, too. But I think... I do, too. Mm. But how can... I, I think my challenge is knowing... Either knowing they won't change or not trying to change them... How can I still engage? But that's like the the pay because for me, it's I just want to throw a chair. I at do. Your face. It's so hard. But now, like you're a family member, exactly. And, I have to- and it's like, why is it always on the people who are anti cruelty to be understanding and yeah. to an olive well, that's branch? That's the burden again, yeah, like, of intelligence, right? Yeah. I mean, I think are uh, people who are bigoted having these conversations about how to be empathetic to people who they're yeah, no. they're oppressing? They're, they're the not. ones who have guns. Yeah, yeah, they're ready to kill us all. Literally, it's always the oppressed party. Yeah, so that's overwhelming and upsetting. But I know for me, it never leaves me feeling better mm. when I've been right and it's upset. Like. I can think I'm right and be right. Yeah. But if that means a fight over the, the, over the dinner, dinner table, ostracizing yeah. somebody, somebody pulling a gun or whatever, however it ends, <laughs> yeah. I don't feel good. So I was right, but where does that lead? Where does that take mm, me? And so, I'm, so I think about that a lot, like being right versus being content. And again, I think that leads to what is 100,000 people thinking like me lead to? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how much will get done. I don't know how much freedom we'd end up having. I don't have the answers. I really don't. But I just know, hmm. Yeah, I think I it's just, I think the answer literally is just accepting that people only understand at their level of consciousness. So you either meet them there or you leave the, you leave the table. 
Yeah, and I think that's a loving thing to do too. Like, I think you can, if you do want to skip out on a family occasion because you just can't tolerate somebody not agreeing with somebody else's right to exist, you do that, sis. Like, the path of least resistance. If it's easier to shout and scream, you best believe you should do that. I just Mm. think whatever comes easiest to you is how to navigate, like, bigoted family or family you don't agree with in whatever sense. Because I just think everyone... The more I look at people, like, I can't believe yeah. that there's somebody who terrorizes people and all they want is, like, their family to be held. Americans go on and on and on about the family unit yeah. and about wanting to protect their babies and their land, but all they do is bomb other countries' babies and land. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, there's a cognitive dissonance, but we all want the same thing, which is to be, like, safe and happy. And we've, we're completely deluded in how we have to get there. We oh, think yeah. we have to kill people. So yes. we all want the same thing. Which and if is I, love. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And if we just keep focusing on that, even with your bigot, like when my, That's when people facts. are being homophobic around my family, I remember. Yeah. I have to just remember we all want the same thing and I yeah. know that's cruelty and I know that's meanness but I have to remember we're not separate and I have to remember we're the same yeah. because then I'll be I'll be like angry and then I'll be no different. Yeah. And I just can't afford that. I can't afford to be to be like them. It's but so it, hard. No, it's actually that that is the realest thing. It's it's sometimes easier to throw a chair. It is always easier <laughs> to throw a chair, but it's just it's about, yeah, like for my mental health. Gosh. What do I do with my bigoted family members? Okay, the most practical step is honestly for me is like withdraw into yourself and be like, okay, you're all television stations. Yeah. You're Fox News, you're whatever, whatever. And watch people and engage with them as if they were a character, as if this mm. was a pantomime. Um, and that's how you can engage as to basically dehumanize, to actually not see them as human, but as a character. Might help you. Might help you like, yeah dissociate a bit mm. with that that's the easiest way for me to digest because sometimes it's just so unnerving you have to pretend they're not real yeah they're cartoon characters i think so i think yeah i think it's either that i find it hard to speak on this because i'm always the one who gets angry like i just get mm. mad do you ask then... your family questions so if somebody says something ridiculous yeah, no, i do i engage but do you ask to understand or do you ask to fight? Like, do you ask, well, why yeah. should women be... Yeah, I ask because ask- I'm curious. And then you get angry at something. Yeah, and then I'm just like, how... <laughs> like, how can you be cruel? Like, Yeah, it's crazy. It's actually like, would, It's like, or not even family. Like, I was arguing with someone in my DMs who was like, Jeff Bezos got his money the way he got it. Fair and square. I'm like, how is it fair to exploit... Mil- like, do you understand how many yeah. people who work in Amazon commit suicide? Like, they have one of the highest rates... They have the worst working conditions. They treat their people like shit. And she was just like, yeah, but he got there fair and square. And I'm just like, I cannot That's upsetting. Believe. Then you want to throw yeah. hands. Yeah. Then I'm just like, well, I just want to throw hands because this bitch thinks it's justifiable to enslave people. But that's why I also think, honestly, I used Are to be mad? against echo chambers. But now I'm like, honestly... Keep them. Just stay in your echo chamber so you don't have to engage or get mad and let the world get more and more polarized and then we'll kill each other. And that's okay. (laughs) No, actually. No, I like that. No. So that's the answer. That's what it is. (laughs) Someone else, there's a lot of questions about um, Mm. aunties and uncles monitoring our plates and our waistlines. (gasps) Let's get into it. Please. Bobo. So, and then someone else said, meat eaters commenting on my veg diet, telling Woo! me I'm missing out. Thank you. Speak on it. There's also somebody whose um, family insists that they exercise with them after they comment on like how they've gained weight. Wow. Um, so how do you juggle people's internalized attitudes with food? Bearing in mind a lot about, not a lot. Okay. I'm assuming a few of our aunties and uncles might have like diabetes or issues yeah. um, around their health. And so they frame it as that as yeah. girl you're heading my way like look at your family there's no, diabetes on both n- sides it's never that okay maybe, maybe let me not say never yeah. but it really is genuine concern like it's gen it's usually just just judgment for the sake of just judgment i don't think when people are commenting on other people's weight they're concerned i think it's just like people who don't mind their fucking business do you know what i mean I think it's either coming from you're projecting your insecurities about your own body or you just are a judgmental fuck. And then I also think it's cultural in the sense that like, 
African cultures don't really <laughs> care for self-esteem. Like, I don't think we acknowledge that as a thing. Actually, like, I think it's no. very That's uh, not yeah, our culture. It's just not part of... I think it's very common for your African auntie to be like, wow, you are so fat. It is. What is yeah, or like, wow, you're so ugly. I don't think we're like culturally considerate when it comes to people's mental health. No, that's mental health's not a thing. Yeah, like mental health's not a thing. And this was something I used to struggle with a lot to the point where I literally had to tell my family, like, if you niggas comment on my weight one more time, I'm never visiting you guys again. Mm. Like, I'm just not doing it. Well, I want to throw that back at you. Yeah. Why is it playing the devil's advocate? Yeah. Because I'm a white man. Yes. Um... Okay, so because I'm Ugandan, that's a thing as well. When you greet people... Well, it's like, why are you fat? Yes, yeah. it's, oh, you've gained weight. It's something about the weight. And when yeah. people, I think it's women, when actually people greet women who are younger than them, mm. they're talking about their weight. Yeah. And then I kind of wondered, when I went back to the West, I thought, well, why are we so pressed? So why, yeah. are, you, why are we so sensitive? Can't that be thrown back at us? That why it's just no, your it weight. Is. Like, you're just fat. I was just telling you. <laughs> But it's also because I think it comes from a a place, like a negative space. I don't think it's coming from a neutral or just like the sky is blue. Oh, also you're fat. Yeah. I think it's coming from a place of projected insecurities or just, I think we have so much generational trauma and like, I don't know, so much like traumatic buildup that the way we engage with each other can be really disgusting. Do you know what I mean? I do. I do. I think they I think we'll never see eye to eye. We meaning um black and brown communities won't yeah. see eye to eye with their um Gen Z and yeah, millennial yeah, no. kids about weight and bodies. Mm. Because I think when I, when I say kids, I think women too. I think it's actually complicated because families believe they own their women. So yeah, already yeah. your mind to comment on about um, when you have sex and if you do yeah. and like who you marry yeah and also your body because i just don't see that happening to boys as much i don't oh, see their plates being placed yeah so we are subject to yeah that. just we're supposed to be beacons of beauty and that's not that's just so ingrained that like women are yeah visual objects and you have to stay looking hence to why you. we also need to burn down all the beauty pageants but that's for our next episode <laughs> we're so ready no i'm very ready but i, I also think um I think, well, I'm South African specifically, and I think South Africans are absolutely obsessed with weight. It's That's a very new development. Especially, eh? yeah, like black noticed. South Africans, because we have such an aspirational class, like black mm. class. And I just think I've noticed diet culture here is Booming. worse than any other place I've ever been. Oh, really? Yeah, I think oh, so. Wow, okay, I didn't know that. I think, I definitely think it is. I also think there's like... Very much, you can see the difference between like our black aesthetics versus like black cultural aesthetics somewhere else. Like, I feel like if you go to America, the emphasis is less on weight and more on just like shape. shape. Yeah. Whereas here, I feel that there's so much emphasis on weight, like diet Mm. culture, like diet programs and all these diet teas and, 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 and. Even our influences, like, there's our influences and celebrities it's very normalized yeah it's very normalized and there's definitely like a monolithic way of being as a woman in south africa from my perspective and so i feel like now like when you come in they project all that shit on you well what's the way okay let's talk about what happened to me so a week ago my grand uncle Mm. um who we would just consider a granddad was here and he said a whole slew of really ridiculous comments about me yeah. before the one that made sense. Yeah. So first he said, um, he asked me if I could run. And I was like, yes. He's like, no, you'd fall over. You girl that, that weight. Oh my God. And I was like, oh my God. Nigga. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. he said, he just a whole bunch of comments. Oh, your heart must struggle getting all the blood to your different parts of your body. Yeah. He said, um, something else that was crazy about me which was very interesting it was very interesting because i didn't know how to explain and he's a doctor yeah so i didn't really know how to explain that weight doesn't correlate to health and that i'm my healthiest oh i don't even try explaining that anymore do you know what i mean it's done like i don't know how to say i'm my most physically healthiest mentally extremely healthy i'm so strong and fit yeah this is my body 
So then at the end, he said, listen, you've got diabetes on both sides, sis. You need to manage yourself because you're next. So how would you reckon when it's a... He was using the stats. He was saying there's diabetes on both sides, literally. Gout on both sides, literally. Something to consider. What's a loving and kind way we could tell our family to like engage in a genuine concern? (laughs) Mind your fucking business. Bobo, no, 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 no. You're being too sensitive there. Because that's reasonable. But I think, again, he said in front of a group. I think that's performative. Because also, I just. I also think, again, you're calling someone out about their weight in front of a group. How is that kind and loving? And I just really struggle to see... I really struggle with people who claim to be coming from a loving place when they comment on people's weight. Like, also, something that's been happening to me a lot this year is people... Pretty much just, like, everyone and from people who know me to people who don't. Like, commenting on how much weight I've lost. Mm. And, but framing that as like, wow, congratulations, you've lost so much weight. And then people will follow up with, oh my God, like, what's your secret? And I'm like, oh, just severe depression. And then (laughs) it gets awkward real quick. Yeah. Because it's like, you were the, first of all, mind your fucking business. Second of all, you were the clown for equating skinniness with health. Like, bitch, are you mad? Yes. Okay, yes, I agree. My concern is yeah. that as a loved one, mm. okay, from me to you, let's say me to your f- uh, friend's level. Yeah. If my friend gains an extreme amount of weight or yeah. extreme uh, extreme loss, or rather that I've just noticed, someone I know yeah. lost a whole lot of weight. I didn't ask them. I asked somebody else. I said, I, I don't know if you've noticed person's lost a lot of weight. Are they okay? Yeah. Because I know weight loss is, that extreme yeah. weight loss is often linked to... Like anorexia. Or like a, yeah, like a, um, like a mental health thing as well. Like people when they stress and all sorts of things. And I just think if we're not going to, like, isn't that a form of looking out for each other? I haven't noticed you've lost it, but if I've noticed, it's surely it's my duty to say, sis, you've gained weight or you've lost weight. Are you good? Yeah. No, absolutely. No, if it's, if we're talking about extremities here, like, yeah, And when we say extremities, we just mean visible. So that's probably two dress sizes. Yeah. But I think half the time... It's not that. Like, I think half the time it's just policing women because Mm. we've been conditioned to think women are our property and our only job on this planet is to be cute for men. Okay, so can we say, though, there is... There are times where it can be genuine. Yes. And at least maybe with, with the power, di- power dynamics equal, when it's friend to friend. Yeah. So I just think if no one's checking up on me... Mm. Like, I remember, I didn't realize... I gained so much weight in England. Yeah. Maybe 20 kilograms. And I didn't realize I had depression and no one around me said anything because it's i don't know maybe because they're english or they want to be sensitive okay how many dress sizes did i gain and it's like it was no one concerned like looking back i'm so curious at that like how could that happen to me and no and no one and i'd rather you say i would have fought you yeah sure yeah yeah yeah. but i can't believe it was but i think the other things people are like you know yourself if you've gained yeah that's that's what i was gonna know yourself okay okay so for me like i know i've lost weight okay okay so then when people point it out to me it feels like it's coming from a place of judgment all right even though i know their intention is to be like wow like oh my god i want to lose weight too how are you doing it and my response is always from a place of like because i'm a sarcastic bitch so when I respond with, oh, my diet is severe depression, it's just to make it clear to people that like your your perception of body image and health is flawed and really unhealthy. And also, I also just think like commenting on people's bodies is really invasive and weird. But I don't know if mm. I feel that way because I grew up in such a Western context. I feel like you do have trauma around it because you were made so uncomfortable yeah like growing up i do think specifically yeah but i think how would somebody okay let's a scenario yeah we're all at the table 10 of us and somebody makes a comment like oh gosh you're really gonna eat more ham like yeah gain some weight what do you reckon is a what should a person do how can you handle that situation to diffuse it for like yourself and to stay sane Hmm, I have no, like, I... What would you do in that situation? Do you just... I think I'd either just ignore... Hmm. I have a family member that's always at my throat. Well, for me, it's about, like, being vegan. 
it's always I feel like people take me being vegan as a personal attack Mm -hmm. I'm sure like any vegans listening to this will relate but I think um meat eaters really find veganism very affronting Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes it comes from it's usually the people who are always crash dieting who have the most to say about my veganism (laughs) so I can tell it just comes from a place of like insecurity Mm. um but then I also think um, some people attach like eating meat to their masculinity. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or there's the, the cognitive dissonance of knowing that like I'd be healthier doing this, but I don't have the range to do it. So instead, I'm just going to attack this person for being able to do it. You know what I mean? Mm. So I think like I, I can usually tell where someone is coming from when they're attacking. So I just engage depending on the intention. Like... Either I just ignore you completely because I know if I, I know I'm hot-headed. I'm, I'm hot-headed and I'm really sarcastic. And when I come for people's throats, like it's, I also think like with me, people think I'm really soft and zen. And so they don't ever expect me to speak up for myself or, you know what I mean? So I think a lot of times for me personally, because I know how I am, I know that I'm hot-headed and I know that I'm very sarcastic and I know that my words can lacerate if I want them to. It's just better for me to just ignore you. Mm-hmm. Just like change the subject or just... Because half the time the people throwing shade are just looking for attention. Like they just want to start a fire. And it's like, why yeah. must I... Yeah, I think the first step was to really realize it's got nothing to do with you. Yeah. Like you're for whatever reason you're triggering to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um I tend to like to I think like it, what can you say to someone? Well, I think it depends on the dynamic. So, yeah. for example, I would not respond this to my grand uncle, but I might to an uncle. Yeah. Is I was at gym and somebody offered to bring us free muesli to the yeah. class and I want the one with chocolate drops. I don't want the dry muesli with just raisins. I was like, "No, yeah. chocolate." So I said, "No, I want chocolate." And he said, "Well, no, the trainer can afford to eat the chocolate one. You can't." So I wow. said, I said, why? So I asked him, I took a beat because I yeah. thought, well, just think about what he said and like, what, what are the assumptions he's made? So I said, yeah. how would you know that I can't afford it? Why have you thought, decided my size is an indication of my health? Mm. And he thought about it and said, I actually don't know. Or he just like looked embarrassed. But I was so happy that I said something that made sense that he hopefully could think about because it, it was a good question and he yeah. didn't have, he hadn't really thought it through. And yeah. so I would ask people who I had an e- a more equal power dynamic, like an uncle. Yeah. But that requires you to really take a beat. Like, it's okay not to come have a comeback immediately. It's okay yeah. to think and actually want to engage. Yeah. Which you can do. Alternatively, I think you can ignore it, like Bobo said. I think it also might help some people to ignore it and then... And then ha- come back to it later. Later, yeah. yeah. Through the family structure. So through yeah. telling maybe an aunt to tell them or to tell them directly. Yeah, Like, yeah. I think it's it's totally okay to take a second and yeah, do what... Yeah, if you know you're going to yell mm. and come at people's necks, it's just better to just let it be. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. But I also think it's okay if you want to say... Like, if you say that was hurtful, and then they'll get defensive, and then they'll start an argument. But if you wanted to have that discourse then and there, that's also okay to foster. Mm. But I think you do need to take a break and be honest with your answer. Like, to either be clear that that was a hurtful comment, or to engage and ask them, like, questions about it. But not to get combative, because that always will leave you in a worse place, I think, is to be aggressive back. Yeah. It's a really is a fascinating thing when you ask somebody who has offensive views to just break it down like yeah explain just explain it like let's hear your thought process and let's engage um i find that usually angers me because like once you say say something dumb and then i ask you to explain it and then your breaking down is equally moronic you're done now i just want to throw her like now we have to square up do you not find so much peace in just understanding it's like maths like the working out is the working out was all wrong, and so your answer was wrong. Yeah. But you had a structure, and that's yeah. interesting to understand. I mean, I think in the aftermath, yes, I find solace in being like, oh, this person actually, this is this is their context. Like, this is the lane there. Again, yeah. this is their level of consciousness. But in that moment, I just want to throw hands. Like, I just but want so to wouldn't square you? So if they told you, don't eat that piece of ham. <laughs> yeah. If you asked, if you took a beat and said... 
Um, so in your opinion... Knowing me, I'd be like, why don't you mind your fucking business? <laughs> <laughs> but let's... Okay, mature me. If you took a beat, like... Because you'd have to take a beat and think. Yeah, and you asked... Yeah. So we're around 10 people. Like, in really, in your opinion, do you reckon this was the best way to help me with my health journey? Yeah. Or do you think there was, like, another way? What other ways do you reckon you could have employed? And they would answer... But they'd get... To, then this is where they get defensive. Well, I just love I just you think, and I'm just trying to help you. So what do you... Okay, let's say, play it out. Okay, let's, let's play, play it out. Okay so, okay, so I'm... No, I'm you're going to go out and meet, yeah. Okay. So we're eating, we're eating. Are you sure you want that second piece of steak? Have you seen yourself? What do you mean? Mukundwa, you're going to eat another steak. Do you mean as in I'll get fat? Well, you're already fat. You're now going to get fatter. And this is just genuine concern. That feels Like, I just don't think... No, I'm concerned for you. I'm concerned for your health. And I don't think you should be eating another steak. But... People are dying of diabetes, Mukundwa. You're going to get the gout and die. I understand that. Okay, I was actually about to get rude there. <laughs> I was about to say, you need to focus on your marriage. Because <laughs> you, you are having you an affair. No, okay, yeah, I was about to get rude. You see how easy okay, it is to just escalate. <laughs> to just... Okay, woo, that fucked me up. No, because um, that's how I come for people too. You say, well, you're having an affair. Yeah. You have money issues. Focus like, on that. Maybe fo- yeah. Focus on maybe your bank account. Maybe focus on your bank account. <laughs> wow, that is hard. Maybe focus on your alopecia, bitch. Maybe we should always role play the things we say and find just to see how difficult. Yeah, no, literally, because really it's easy hard. to say in theory. We just need to be kind. But in Do practice, have I know that who that's I am. aggressive. That that's really aggressive. Yes, I literally engage with people who are like, I had a oh, cousin. <laughs> this was pre-veganism, so I was eating a bar of chocolate. And she comes in and she's like, are you really about to eat that chocolate? I'm like, yes. She's like, you're already an elephant. Why are you eating Jesus. a chocolate? Yeah, no. Okay. So this is real. This I'm real giving life. you a real scenario, bitch. <laughs> wow. So should we tell everyone to just... You have two options. Ignore it or kill them. <laughs> and whichever you do, do with your chest. Exactly. Is the answer. Yeah. That's hectic. That's yeah. why. That's why for me, for me personally, walking away is a bit because I know, like, I'm just not when I'm mad. Like I'm mad. I'm nothing angers me more than ignorance and stupidity. Mm. So when I'm in that state, there's nothing that I can say to you that won't leave you crying. And what I've noticed is when people start fights with me, it's always them who ends up crying, and then now I miss. No, <laughs> now I miss. <laughs> Rehabilitate you, bitch! You started me. <laughs> you terrorist. When you get going, but, you get going. No, I really, you know. But I think it's also because I, in my normal, like if I'm just my normal day to day life, like I'm pretty pleasant to be around. Yeah, like, I'm very smiley and happy and like zen or whatever. So I don't think people. So people think they can say whatever the fuck they want to say to me and not expect a reaction. And so I think the reason why I really come for people's necks is because, A, I know they don't expect it, so it hits even harder. You know what I mean? You love it. You watch it unfold. And I do. I do. And then they end up crying, and I'm like, I'm not going to rehabilitate you, bitch. Now you know. I think... Now you know to do better. Mm. I feel like the take-home from this is that just like the world, just like you're shook every time... A conservative person, a fascist gets voted in because yeah. you're like, I thought the public was like me. Your family is a microcosm of the public. Facts. You will not get along. They're annoying. They're irritating. Mm. Um, many are mediocre. Yes. But that's like <laughs> actually life. Yeah. And I just think... You can choose to engage or not engage. Yeah. And that it's... it's. I think accepting that it's not like... This is not a... Dis- I don't think it's an inherent dysfunction to disagree. I just think it's, what else can you, like, it is what it is. And they think you're as mad as you think they are. And I don't even know if I even believe in trying to change people's minds. 
Like, I just yeah, don't know that that's no, a thing. that's not. No, don't do that. And I think that might be <clears throat> tricky for people who believe you can. Because if you, if you, you try to change people's... You have to let go of that today. I think you do, hey? Yeah. Because if in your regular life you try to change people's minds, of course you go home and that's so upsetting because you can't. Yeah. Yeah. But that's how... Yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think the solution with bigoted families is A, accept this is who this person is. Mm. Everyone's brain stops forming at the age of 25. <laughs> if this person is a bigot today at his big, big age, that's it, fam. That's it. Leave him. Yeah. So accept this is who this person is. I'm not going to change them. And then B, do what is best for your mental yeah. health. If that means you want to sit down and educate someone, if you really have the range for that, go, go forward, ahead. sis. If you know you're volcanic and explosive and you want to be volcanic, when you're angry, go ahead though. Ooh, I don't know if you want to be volcanic. Some people then. like some people are like for some of my family, I'm like, well, I'll give it to you as hard as you give it. Mm. Why not? Let me give you hell. Since you're agitating me, yeah. let me also agitate and let yeah. me enjoy. Let me revel in that. Mm. Let's both be agitated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I think so often, I think a lot of us don't think of ourselves as violent people. I will say for a fact that we all are. Oh, yeah. And so many are. times, there's a lot of strange outbursts we have when actually we just would have preferred to... It would have been so much easier to just fight. Mm, and that's what we yes, want to do, but we don't. Yeah. That's not a socially acceptable yeah. thing. So now that we can't fight and kill people, like that's not it's acceptable. It's not acceptable, yeah. I think it's okay to... I think Throw hands okay. sometimes. Throw hands would also be verbally... <laughs> like if you want to be violent, if that seems like the path of least resistance... Actually, yeah, I get what you mean. I just don't think mean. you should deny yourself of that. Yeah. Because it's it's infuriating, Bobo. It, no, it is. Some it is. opposite you saying, okay, you're black and you're gay. Well, I don't believe in any of that. You want to fight and yeah, so do so what you need to beat do. Them up. Do what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, infuriating. Honestly. And we are animals. Yeah. So and we really no, deny yeah. ourselves of being physical. Like, I do that's why also I don't think passive aggressiveness is ever an answer. Like Oh, it's either go at it like Yeah, you must either go my at it. Yeah. For me I'm very verbal with um my lashings out. I've thrown a chair at someone once. Oh but yeah, but generally I just <laughs> Yeah, I'll just destroy you verbally. You threw a and chair? I, I did. Can we get context? Yes. So I was in grade seven. Uh-huh. Actually, this is again a weight thing. And this girl at the time, yeah, so someone, we were all in a classroom. This was in school, like before the class had started. And this girl was like, oh my God, you're actually so tall. Have you considered being a model? And before I even answered, some bitch in the end, at the end of the class was like, you're so fat, bitch, you could never be a model. I literally just reflexively picked up the chair in front of me and threw it at her. So that's how I know, like... <laughs> You've got the range. <laughs> yeah, like, if a bitch really tests me, I'm you're going there. to kill you. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that, like, we never fought again. Like, she never said any of that shit to me again. Jesus. So Maybe objectively speaking, yeah, that was very effective. She never tried yeah, me again yeah. to this day. Maybe you do like take your cousin out back, like out back, and just yeah. slap them <laughs> once really hard. Mm. Yeah, we need an episode on like we need the an episode on violence. on violence. Yeah, because I just do think it's underrated. I I think so too. I think we need to discuss it more. Um, okay. Yeah, I think violence and humor are all we have when it comes to change. So, Ooh. yeah, I think that's all we have. I agree. Yeah. I'm quite extreme. I feel like either take my route of just be empathetic and do it well mm. or be violent and do it well. Like yeah. both will yield results, but you can't be in the middle because right now we're all in the middle yeah. and it's doing nothing. That's why we're all in limbo suffering. Exactly. You need to either be violent and actually murder for your beliefs yes. or you need to be s- strong in your beliefs. And I don't know whatever that looks like to you. Um, in peacekeep or in emotion, yeah. in um, empathy, do b- either one like and with do your it. chest. You have to with your full heartedly. Yeah, in the middle does not work. Yeah, fully. You need to actually. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What a good episode. So we've told people to go home, beat up <laughs> their ankles, and break their granny's ankles if she's a homophobe. Um, slap up their aunties if they are bigoted. <laughs> Throw chairs at Scream. all niggas who come for you. If they come on, if they say you might get diabetes, comment <laughs> Throw on. Throw a chair. Yes. Reveal their affair. Yes. Wow. Good luck <laughs> with this. Good luck. 
out to them. We're on your team. If you need backup, call us. Listen. That is such a funny... Wow. I know. We started off so... We tried. <laughs> we really <laughs> tried. Okay, please actually let me know in the Facebook group um, like, what if you got anything from this. <laughs> if you got anything from this and if you tried any of these methods. I'm very, very curious. <laughs> and also, if someone doesn't believe in violence, I'd like to know why shouldn't I... <laughs> tackle someone for calling me fat you know like yeah, why shouldn't i yeah. do that we should have an episode on violence yeah wow hectic join our <laughs> facebook group let us know what you think who are you slapping who are you beating yes. or ignoring at the table yeah this christmas and that's actually all thank you so much for listening thank you but what a great co-host this thank is you, i know thank <laughs> you for is gone. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me I feel like Nag should have been here to be the voice of reason. She should have. She would have actually been so reasonable. To tell us that like violence is not the way. Yeah. Every time we have an episode of you, it becomes really extreme. <laughs> I know. Bobo. Am I Azealia Banks? Am I yes. Kanye West? Both. You're their child. I literally am. The love if child. Kanye and Azealia Banks had a child, it would be me. <laughs> well, Thank there you, we friends. have it, guys. Bye. Bye.